Welcome to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network, presented by Extreme Threads. Your home for the latest news from the National Lacrosse League and Indoor Lacrosse. Now, let's talk some lacrosse with your hosts, Jake Elliott and Evan Schemenauer. All right, lacrosse fans, you heard the man. It's time for Lax Class, presented by Extreme Threads, right here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network, where we grow the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified, and why don't we welcome him in right away. Let's get Evan Schemenauer in here. Evan, welcome back to the podcast. Well, another... uh good week of lacrosse a great defensive battle if you wanted one and uh yeah now you finally got some separation on me on uh, on who you got well so. let's uh, let's let's not uh, spoil the entire show right off the get-go here evan uh, a big show lined up once again here for episode 16 uh jake elliott evan Sheminar with you extreme threads lacrosse classified and on this week's podcast uh we have Goaltender for the New England Black Wolves, Minto Cup champion as well, multiple Minto Cup champion, Dougie Jameson making his first appearance on the podcast, if I do recall. And another first-timer was we stay in the East, the voice of the Buffalo Bandits. And I'm really looking forward to this conversation, Evan Schemenauer. John Gertler will join us here on the podcast. And uh, look forward to it, fans, because I'm about to bust out my best John Gertler impersonation uh, a little bit later on in the show. So uh, I've been working on this for years as I, I pile on pressure on myself here, Evan. But uh, once we get Johnny Gertler on the line... I'm going to bust out my best John Gertler impersonation. Uh, A light week 11 in the National Lacrosse League. Just three games. Uh, We will get to that coming up in Stampede Tax, who we had, as Evan alluded to earlier. But uh, since we're virtually at the midway point uh, for all the teams, if not all the teams, I'm not sure, Evan. I probably should have checked that before I said something like that. But... Regardless, we are very near the midway mark of the season for all teams, if not all teams. And we figured here on Lacrosse Classified, why not uh, hand out our mid-season awards? Um, so you're up for this, Shemanauer, are you? Oh, yeah. No, it's uh, there'll be some debates on a few of them. We'll have a good time. And, yeah, if we don't get uh, – we got to – Definitely drag a good goal call out of John Gertler out before the end of that interview for certain. No, they're all they're all gold uh, as far as I'm concerned when it comes to goal calls and John Gertler. Um, but the one in particular that's been very famous this year for certain. Oh yes, uh, yeah. I, I don't know if uh, maybe you can dig that up while we uh, move along here in Lacrosse Classified, Evan. Now, uh, where should we start? I guess we start with. Who's getting their start in the National Lacrosse League? Uh, if you see my segue there, the rookie of the year so far in the National Lacrosse League, Evan. Uh, I don't want to say who you got, but who do you think is the rookie of the year so far? I mean, I think you know what. Maybe just throw Ian McKay out there for the heck of it. Now, if you, I mean, Ian's having a hell of a season, but it's Austin's thoughts. I mean, it's a question really of who's second. 
But uh, Austin Scott is one of these generational players that he's going to be an MVP before too long in this league. Yeah, Austin Stotts is definitely in the conversation. For me, I almost want to lean towards Colorado, and I know their record does not really indicate uh, them having a good year. But this kid out of Peterborough, and he hasn't played every single game yet, but I was ultra-impressed live and in person watching one Kyle Killen play, and... He may not be my rookie of the year at the midway mark, but I'm going to put him down as that because if he continues to do what he's done so far, excuse me, I should probably also clarify here off the top, Evan, I'm just coming on, we're recording this on Monday night, and I'm just coming off my fourth uh, basketball game of the day, so I've literally been talking for the last six hours, and I'm about to grind out another hour here for you on the podcast because... We do not miss a week when it comes to Lacrosse Classified. So here I am for you, fans. I appreciate you listening in. Um, So excuse me if I have to clear my throat on a number of occasions here tonight. So Kyle Killen, let's get back to it here, Evan. Let's move along quickly because we got to get to who we had. But uh, Kyle Killen is my rookie of the year so far. Your thoughts? Uh, You know, watching him play live, he scored twice this weekend. And both of them, I don't know how the heck he got it past uh, Evan Kirk. There was no space on either shot, and he still managed to get it through. So um, he's got some real, up- yeah, he's got some real chemistry building with uh, Ryan Lee on that right side, and you know Jeremy Noble, I think, is, is struggling at the cost of it. But uh, I was really impressed with what I saw with Ryan Lee and, and Kyle Killen um, so far this season. So let's let's see if. Both Austin Stotts and Kyle Killen can kind of keep it going uh, through the back of the season because these guys are rookies in this league, and sooner or later you're going to hit a wall. And, and, you know, you don't have to look back too far, but just look at a guy like Mark Matthews uh, who put up, what, like 65 points or something in his rookie year back in 2013. Took him a couple of years, and now, you know, clipping along at at 100 points or more, every single year, but it's tough to break into the league as a rookie and put up numbers is uh, kind of where I'm going with that. And both those guys have done a nice job so far. Uh, let's move along here. Let's go. Let's uh, let's go to the other end of the spectrum. Uh, your GM is the guy that signs the rookie. Who's your GM of the year so far, Evan, at the midway mark of the season? We're probably going to have some debate on this, but my GM of the year is Pat Merrill in, in San Diego. And the reason I say that is, He's managed to put together a team that is a half a game out of first in the West right now. You're a half a game out of a division with the Saskatchewan Rush. At the at this point in the season, that is absolutely amazing. And, um, you know, the team that he's managed to put together in that short of a time, absolutely phenomenal job. I, You, you know what? Like, you, you've pretty much sold me on that, just kind of laying that out there like that. And not only did... Does he have his team where he has him? But he had to assemble that thing from scratch and do it with a, you know, a, a select number of bodies available to him. And uh, you're right, the seals have been ultra impressive so far. I had Steve Dietrich down for mine, Chugger from Buffalo, just because. I think the number of deals, and it may not. I, I maybe I'm looking at this in too big of a spectrum, but. The way that he has constructed this team over the past few seasons and 
mixed in the youth on the fly who are now, you know, kind of veterans, and he's still got young talent in that lineup, but he's got some veteran leadership in there as well. He's overhauled the coaching staff. And Buffalo, for me right now, is the best team in the league. And I think you're going to give the GM a lot of credit for the roster that he's put out there to see a number one overall pick and Josh Byrne go down. And for them not even to skip a beat, what do they do? They turn around, they go get the number two overall pick, who put up six points in his last game, by the way, Evan, uh, right away. And to fill in for Josh Burns. So Kluche steps right in there. You look at the Corey Small deal. I was just mind-boggled. You think of all the guys that have gone to Buffalo that used to be Vancouver Stealth players. And a couple of them aren't there anymore in, in, in Ryan Wagner and Ryan Fournier. But you got Corey Small. You got Jordan Durston. You got Thomas Hogarth. Um, some real nice pieces there on that Bandits uh, roster that came via Vancouver. Anyways, <clears throat> excuse me. I think uh, Steve Dietrich has done a phenomenal job, not only this season, but the past two or three seasons as well, and that's why I had him down. But I think Patrick Merrill is is a fine choice as well. I wouldn't argue with either one. And you, you look at Buffalo. I mean, they got they got the number one prize this offseason with Matt Fintz, right? There you go. And and instantly, when he makes that acquisition, it's it's a case of Buffalo's one of these teams teetering on being in the playoffs to the instant favorites to win the East. And, you know, Vince has not let him down this season all that much. Well, you just have to look at the Rochester Nighthawks and where they sit in the standings without Matt Vince, and then look and see where the Buffalo Bandits sit with Matt Vince, and that really just kind of tells the tale. The GM also hires the coach, and this award, named the Les Bartley Award, and I don't want to get off on a on a tangent here, Evan Schemenauer, but I would really love to see each of these awards named after somebody prominent in NLL history, like they do for the Coach of the Year Award and the Les Bartley Award, or the Media Person of the Year Award and the Tom Borelli Award. Let's get the MVP after John Tavares. Let's get the scoring champ after Gary Gate or John Grant. Let's get the you know the goalie of the year named after Bob Watson, Dallas Elliott, whoever you want to pick, and have a bit of a legacy behind these awards and a connection. You know what I'm saying here? Like it just goalie mm. of the year. Okay, like great, you're the goalie of the year. But to have it as the Dallas Elliott goalie of the year. Just, I think it would mean a little bit more. I don't know. You tell me. You need to read uh, some of the forums a little more because this is a debate that goes on half the year every year. And uh, it's something I think the league just needs to work on. It'll come with time. Uh, you might not want to rush with too many of them, but you know, when there's an obvious uh, number one in that category, you want to get some... Uh, legacy with the game built up amongst the fans. Absolutely, and and I know the NLL is in the works of kind of overhauling the National Lacrosse League Hall of Fame. It's been a, a couple of years since anybody's been inducted, and that's all kind of been kept hush-hush, and I think something big in the works for that, and uh, it's not going to be too far off in the distance when uh, an announcement comes in that regard as well. I might do a little digging and find out what's going on with that because uh, it's been a little too quiet for a little too long. All right, Evan, uh, we got to pick things up here. Let's start to to move a little quick. Coach of the year at the midway mark. 
a, a tougher one for me to pick. And I think part of the issue was is that in Buffalo, you don't have a coach. You have co-head coaches. So it's a little more difficult to pick one. Um, so that for that reason, I'm picking Matt Sawyer out of Toronto. Sure, they may have lost this weekend, but for the most part, this team is just chugging along quite nicely. Um, you didn't expect them to be this far up in the standings at this stage. A heck of a job by Matt Sawyer so far this year. Uh, I agree. Matt Sawyer is a, is a wonderful coach and has had a lot of success and learned under the tutelage of Terry Sanderson, kind of his, his protege and uh, the perfect kind of demeanor for a professional lacrosse team head coach. And uh, I got all day for Matt Sawyer, big fan of his. Uh, I had down John Tavares, and I think, before too long, I think JT is going to be named the head coach of that team. You look how he's kind of risen up through the coaching ranks already. And every single player that you talk to when they talk about their coach, John Tavares, and what kind of mind he brings to the game, it's special. And not every star player has the ability to turn themselves from a, a superstar player to a really good coach, but I think John Tavares is one of those few guys that has that ability, and he has that Bandits team going in the right direction. I think Patrick Merrill needs to be in that conversation as well for Coach of the Year. Absolutely. Um, transition Player of the Year. Let's call this one. Uh, one day I think they'll probably call it the Brody Merrill Award, uh, but let's just go with Transition Player of the Year for right now. Here's my difficulty. I had two players down on this one. I had the same two players down for the top defender. <laughs> it's just like, you know what? Let's just give one to each of them. Okay. Transition player of the year, Challen Rogers. I agree. That's uh, unanimous. Uh, it's absolutely sickening what he is able to do <laughs> on the lacrosse floor. I just watched this guy play, and, and I think I said it a week ago on this podcast. Challen Rogers is going to go down as one of the game's greats, and I think this is just the beginning for Challen, who's already the captain of the Toronto Rock, coming off an MVP season in summer lacrosse as a transition player which is almost unheard of. I've never actually even heard of it. Um, and this guy is the real deal. Stony Brook University, Coquitlam, BC native, my hometown, Evan Scheminauer. Challen Rogers, uh, your transition player of the year. I don't think you need to discuss it anymore. Let's move on. Defense, the defender of the year. Let's call this one the Pat Coyle Award. Evan Scheminauer, uh, defender of the year at the midway mark of the National Lacrosse League season. And I'm taking the other one of the two that I would have put in either category of transition or defender, Steve Priolo. Pretty simple. Uh, having a phenomenal season on both ends of the floor. Um, that that Bandit's defense is not giving up a whole lot of points for good reason. He's the leader out there. He's got to be the guy. I have Priolo down on my list as well. I had Matt Beers listed down to Evan I think if Vancouver had a bit of a better record, I could actually get behind going for Matt Beers a little bit more than I am right now, but I think Priolo deserves it. He scored some like highlight reel goals, too. Uh, Over-the-shoulder beauties, uh, no lurkers. And the captain of that Bandits team, really the, the guy that makes it all go on the back end there, one of those veteran leaders I was talking about earlier. I think Steve Priolo deserves that Pat Coyle Defender of the Year award, Evan, and uh, we both got him down our list, so that makes sense. Um, we're going to save the MVP. Let's move along. Let's go to Unsung Hero. 
so far at the midway mark. An obvious pick for me, Thomas Hogarth. Me too, man. Uh, uh, we didn't talk to each other before we we <laughs> got on the line here. Um, that's the only name I had written down. Usually I write two or three just in case we have the same one, but there's really no other choice. You could almost put Chase Fraser on that list as well, um, the way he's kind of showed up this year. Frazier, as they like to say. We might have to tell Johnny about that as well. Uh, Thomas Hogarth, though, what he's been able to do, moving up from the back end where he's you know, played since he broke into the league, getting moved up front, they just haven't been able to take him out of that lineup because he's putting in three a game, and he's like... He's the guy that loves to go to the dirty areas on the floor and the top of the crease, and and every team needs a Thomas Hogarth. And you know, he's—I believe he's still tied for fifth in league goals. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> at some stage, we all anticipated this is going to taper off. It's not. No. Nope. <laughs> and nope. and and it's not that he's you know the type of goals that he's getting is exactly what his team needs. Is these dirty grind them. Pick up a rebound and stuff it type of goal. Yeah, you know it's it's, it's not going to be a highlight real goal, but it's exactly what his team needs when you got a whole bunch of superstar shooters surrounding you. Absolutely, not afraid to set a pick or two, and like I said, loves to go to the top of the crease and um, been playing great. And I, and I don't see him slowing down. Back to back Man Cup champion as well was in the Minto Cup with the Northmen uh, here back in 2016, and has just continued to get better and better. And uh, it's not going to be too long before he gets out of that unsung category because people are going to start to take notice, like me and you. We got uh, three categories left, Devin. Uh, let's go goalie of the year so far in the National Lacrosse League. I debated this one a bit, and of course, you know, we definitely got to put Nick Rose into the conversation. Uh, you got to put Eric Penny into the conversation. Because as much as he's on a three and seven team, it's not because of him that they're three and seven. Guy's playing phenomenal, but he just hasn't played all year yet. The guy I got at the head of the pack right now is Matt Vince, and like we said before, take a look at where these two teams, where the team he was on, has gone, and where the team he's on has gone, and a lot of it has to do with him. And then you can look at minutes played, goals against average, wins and save percentage, and Matt Vince at the top or near the top of every single category. And it's getting a little stupid how many times this guy has won this award because, again, like this award could easily be named after Matt Vince once he has done his playing days. But for now, we'll call it the Whipper Watson Award, and it's going to Matt Vince if he continues to play like he has so far this season and got a pretty good defense in front of them as well. Uh, two more to go. Let's go MVP and save the best for last, shall we, Evan? Um, MVP, and this one is a toughie. It's a toughie, and I thought I knew who I was going to pick, and I got a bit of an asterisk next to this one. It, my pick right now is Callum Crawford. Same. And... And it's it's a case of he, he he's one point ahead on the scoring race. It has somewhat to do with that, but not a lot. It's the fact that he has to carry such a huge load on that New England team. Like he does, he's not surrounded. He's not Sean Evans. He's surrounded with Dane Smith and Corey yeah. Small and all these other guys. Yeah. He is stuck with a lot of players that are developing. He's putting up these insane numbers now. 
you know, my thought process around him kind of went down with the incident five minutes ago in the game there uh, on Sunday. But okay, let's 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 stop right there and get into this for a second here, Evan, as I know we're running a little bit long, but. Uh... Okay, um, just to just to go back here, uh, Callum Crawford with a hit as a member of the Buffalo Bandits on a Calgary Roughneck. I can't remember the player. It was last year, I believe, in January, I want to say, or was it later? Because it has to be in a calendar year, I believe. Took a five-minute major, very similar hit. Actually got written up as a 10-minute match penalty. Um, so now another transgression here from Callum Crawford. And I want to preface this by saying I like Callum Crawford a lot, and we've become friends and known each other for quite a long time, and I respect the heck out of Callum Crawford and, and the game he plays. With that said, that hit last year and this hit this year are exactly what the game is trying to get rid of, and that is leaving your feet, contacting the head with an elbow or a shoulder, blindside hit on a defenseless player and it's got to stop and this unfortunately for Callum who I have down as my MVP at the midway mark is going to cost him and and I'm not the judge and jury here but because of the rules that are in place for the National Lacrosse League the hit that he had against the Roughnecks a year ago is going to coincide with the hit that was made over the weekend and this could result, as we saw it happen with Greg Harnett a couple of years ago, in an automatic five-game suspension. Um, so we'll see what happens there for Callum. And, and you know, I, I don't think past history comes into play. I saw a couple of guys on Twitter trying to defend the hit. I think Jay Fox was one. And, and Rocco Granado saying the hit in Buffalo should have nothing to do with the hit that happened last weekend. Well, unfortunately, Rocco, that's not how the case works. And, Jay, I know... You and Callum go back to your Ottawa lacrosse days uh, with the Capitals. But there's no defending what Callum Crawford did. It popped the bucket right off of Cree, who was rattled. And and you just can't do that sort of thing where you leave your feet, lead with the shoulder and elbow, and contact a guy right in the head when he's not expecting it. It's 2019, and we know way too much about the impacts of concussions and what the long-term effects are and all the rest of it, there was no need for it. And I know Callum's not a malicious guy going out there trying to hurt people, but you got to use your head, man. Like, you can't, you just can't do it. You can't do it, Evan. No, you can't. And it's, it's not even just that. It's He takes a good four or five steps into this thing, and Cree is engaged with one of his teammates. Cree is not looking at him at all no right like like this is and it's a square elbow straight to the head um now it was called a five in game the league would have to upgrade it to a match if they do the rule book is very very specific the minimum suspension he can get is six games five one game for the match and an additional five because he's had a second infraction within two years of the first one two years there you go okay yeah, so it, it's uh, it's absolutely irrelevant that... And everybody um, knows this. Everybody, all the players, all the coaches, all the GMs, everybody knows this is this is how what the rules are, and everybody's playing on the same, same field here. But until we get the ruling from Mr. Lemon, which we won't see until Friday, um, you know, we'll stick with what's happened so far this year. Yeah. 
so far this year, Callum Crawford is the MVP. I agree. Hopefully, he hasn't just cost his team five, six games without him because without him in that lineup for five or six games, yeah, New England's in trouble. And and like and the way Callum is going right now, I want to see him play the whole year and see if he can keep this thing going. Unfortunately. I don't know. Like I, the video doesn't lie, right? And 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 it's hard for me to to come down on on Showtime like that. But you know, part of me, you gotta you gotta call it like you see it, and that's that's how I saw it, and I think many others did as well. Last one here, Evan. Before we get to who we had, and we're running a little late uh, for Dougie Jameson here as well. I say the best for last, and that's the Tom Borelli Award for Media Person of the Year. Uh, how do I pick somebody here? Because it's you can't pick yourself. <laughs> well, if I if I pick you, I, I, I could pick you, but then everybody's like, "Well, you're just picking your buddy." Okay, don't pick <laughs> yourself. Like, don't pick me. Don't pick me. Oh boy, this is a tough one. And you know, you know who I'm going to pick? Tyson Geik. That's who I got, Evan. That's who uh, I know, got. And it's, it's it's a case of this guy was let go by the league. You know, he was struggling to find work. He comes back. He puts out this unbelievable video talent. The league can't ignore it, and they hire him right back. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't happen to him. No, well. you know what? Uh, I think uh, Joe Feld, the head of all productions, and uh, we had a conversation a while back, and um, it was just like, you know, I, I think Tyson wanted to come back, and I think they wanted Tyson to come back, but either side was kind of like, oh, you know, he should call me. No, he should call me. And finally, I was like, I talked to Tyson, I talked to Joel. I was like, you guys just get on the phone together and figure it out. Uh, and it's good to see Tyson back and a guy that probably wasn't eligible. I don't even know if he's eligible again because he's actually working for the NLL. So I don't know if it works like that. But if it doesn't, uh, Tyson Geick would be my guy. And you come in a very close second place, Evan. I think you belong on that ballot. And uh, hopefully we got that situation rectified as well, and you will at least be eligible uh, for the prestigious Tom Borelli Award. All right, uh, that wraps up our NLL Awards. We hope you enjoyed that, plus a little rant on on headshots and uh, naming the playoff awards. Uh, So there you go. And now we got to get to Stampy Tax, who we had, because uh, I'm in the lead. And that's why we got to get to this. Who we had presented by Stampede and Tack in Western Wear is your complete source for boots, hats, belts, jeans, and anything else country. All things that Evan Sheminar will be wearing at the end of this NLL season uh, as part of our bet. They ship Canada-wide. They're located in Cloverdale. Just stay quiet over there. In 19, <laughs> Since 1967, you can visit them online at stampede.ca. We're shopping online. It's still shopping local. All right, Dougie Jameson is waiting here for us, Evan, so let's do this quickly. Just three games in a light week 11. Rochester at, no, that's uh, that's this week's season. Let me flip my page over. Buffalo, Buffalo was at in Rochester. Rochester. Buffalo at Rochester. This one was never really close. We both had the Bandits. Got a little ugly for the I-90 rivalry near the end of this game, but the Bandits go away winning in fine fashion. 16-9 your final. Um, 13-4 Rochester actually beat Buffalo earlier this year, 18-13, then 16-9 Bandits, so they get the season series here, and both games they won have won pretty handily. Actually, it was actually close at one stage. With the first TV timeout in the third quarter, it was 8-7. 
And, you know, Buffalo then scores the next four within a few minutes. They score seven of the last nine. It's, it's over with. Um, how badly is Rochester missing Jake Withers? Not only on the defensive oh, end, but, massive, you know, massive. they went nine for 29 on faceoffs. Chase Frazier was 14 for 16. Yeah. And if they don't, they're not going to get Withers back quickly. They got to find somebody to start taking these draws. Uh, a great all around effort. Chris Cloutier was two and four. Chase Frazier was four and two. Sean Evans, three and three. Corey Small, two and five. Dane Smith, seven apples again. What the heck's going on here? <laughs> we got, I gotta, I'll have to have Yeah, save it for Gertzi. Yeah. Save it for Gertzi. But you know, but you know the, um, the Buffalo really is the real deal. And if you want to know how important first place is going to be, because Buffalo, the magic number is three already at this stage. Wow. But first place is that important because the top four teams, the four teams in the playoffs in the East right now are combined 18-4 and four at home, 82% win percentage. That's incredible. 18-4 and four at home for the Eastern teams in the four playoff spots. That is a wild stat right there uh, that I'm sure lots of people are going to be jumping on once they hear that. All right, uh, moving on in Stampede Tax, who we had, Colorado at Saskatchewan. Evan, you were there once again. I was up in the booth once again. Uh, Benesh plays in this game. Chris Corbeil comes back in this game. The real story of this contest, though, was Dylan Ward and Evan Kirk. The two boys out of Orangeville just put on an epic display of goaltending. 9-7 rush over the Mammoth. Uh, it was a squeaker and an entertaining game as far as a low-scoring game goes. It was fun to watch. Absolutely, and uh, you know, if you don't enjoy a defensive game once in a while, <laughs> you might be watching the wrong game. But after the game, I, I ran into Andrew McBride, and I had a hard time even saying anything to him. And it was kind of a, "What do you say here?" That Rochester deep, or sorry, Rochester, Colorado defense, and uh, and Dylan Ward played about as perfect of a defensive game as you could against the Rush. They let in eight and one empty netter, and they still couldn't win. Like what does Andrew McBride gotta do yeah. to to get you know to get his the team over the top and you know clearly Evan Kirk got the message he was seeing the ball everywhere and you know even the presence of mind on the last shot before Colorado before the empty netter he like the Colorado player I can't remember who it was took the shot Kirk is almost parallel to the floor he know that's how well he knew where that shot was going yeah i actually right? i made the, i made the content uh what am i saying the comment on the broadcast that he was actually moving before the ball was coming out of shooter sticks because he was that dialed in that he was in the right position before the shot even started and making it look easy at times and then you know making the the spectacular stop look ordinary and and I think you can give Derek Keenan a lot of credit for sitting Kirk down for a game because I've I've kind of followed Evan Kirk's career since about 2012 when he was drafted with Minnesota. And, you know, at first he kind of shared time with Tyler Carlson back and forth, and it almost seemed like when he sat a game, he came back and played better. And, and if he gave him multiple starts in a row after a while, it would kind of wear a little thin. You watch him in the summer, and he's been – teamed up with with Dylan Ward and Six Nations. He's been teamed up with Matt Vince and, and Peterborough, and they share time. 
And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just too many games in a row and he gets a little too comfortable, but he looked hungry in the goal and a little bit angry in the crease. And what a performance. Uh, and, and, you know, Dylan Ward only allowed nine, was no slouch either. Like, you had to work to score a goal in that game. And what about the effort from Kyle Rubish? I was actually shocked to see Ryan Banesh had five points at the end of the night because Banesh looked invisible out there. Rubish had him one-on-one most of the night, and Banesh was, you know, he was not having any opportunities inside. The other thing I really got to take from this game, I'm more and more liking Curtis Knight coming out the back door. I think it solves a lot of issues for the rush. Not only their needs on the back end, but getting Connor Robinson the time he needs up front. And it also gives him a little bit of leeway when Knight's on a transition. He comes up to the front end. Yeah. He doesn't, they, they don't need to take him off. They can leave him out there and save a few seconds on the possession. Well, he knows the offensive system inside and out. We know that. So he'll start on the draw team, and when they win the ball, he'll stay out and play offense. And then he'll take the occasional shift in transition as well. But I think you're right. As soon as Saskatchewan kind of gets their head around going with three lefts, um, I mean, excuse me, with four lefts instead of four rights, I think they're going to be just fine. I think Connor Robinson looked way better than he did in Vancouver. He looked way more comfortable out there. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, I don't know if it's a long-term solution, but right now it's working, and I don't see why you would change it. Uh, So we both had Buffalo over Rochester. We both had Saskatchewan over Colorado. Then the third and final game, no Saturday game. By the way, Dougie Jameson just – texted me and said he's he's on a heater at the casino and he's wondering if we can push back our interview Evan so this is live happening right now as we record on Monday night <laughs> Big Dougie is on a heater at the casino and uh, he wants to push back the interview so we may go to John Gertler before we go to Dougie uh, just we might change it up on the fly here and that's uh, it's the kind of thing that happens on Extreme cl- Threads cl- Lacrosse Classified so um Stay tuned. We'll find out what happens here. I told him to walk away because it never lasts. The house always wins. All right, final game was on Sunday, and I was dumb because I got my times mixed up. I was in Saskatchewan thinking, okay, it starts at this time, and then I got home, and I... Anyways, I missed the first half of this game, which I was quite angry with myself because, you know, I wasn't really doing anything else Sunday morning and just missed half the game. And and then I knew the score, and you can't go back and watch because you already know what the score is and just kind of takes the luster off it. I'm starting to ramble, but the point of this game here, Evan, is that you took Toronto and I took New England. And New England won this game 13-11, which means I extend my lead on you. Um, New England was shut out in the third quarter, but went on a huge run in the fourth. We talked about that Crawford hit, but uh, again... Goalie kind of stealing the show down the stretch here as Dougie Jameson had to make a number of stops because Crawford took that five-minute major and Toronto was pushing to try and tie the game and Jameson stared them all down. At the end of three, I was feeling amazingly confident. Yeah. My pick, you know, yeah. you know, New England hadn't scored in 16 minutes and Toronto's up three and you know defense seems to be dialed in. Okay, they should just coast home now. And then in a three-minute stretch, so from what was it, thirteen eighteen to ten twenty-two left in that fourth quarter. Not only New England scored five times, they had a six-one disallowed on a challenge. 
know, it, it was that rapid fire. And it starts with Toronto completely ignoring the play behind the net and a couple goals coming from behind the net. Then they start packing it in. New England's getting the shots in there. Uh, you know, Stephen LeBlanc or LeBlanc is the, <laughs> the, the color guy like to say. Oh, don't get me started, please. But, uh, okay. um, uh, Clem, know, Clem uh, DeRazio, by the way, uh, to my man Glasheen as well. Clem DeRazio. Shout yeah. out to Clem, too, by the way. I know uh, he's <laughs> yeah. he's going through some, uh, some, some tough family times right now with uh, – with his kid, and and uh, he wasn't there for the game, um, as, as Brandon was alluding to on the broadcast. And I uh, just want to say, uh, everybody's thinking about you, Clem, and I hope things are as good as can be expected there. Now, here's the other question. Once again, we've we asked this question far too many times this season, but you know, when we had Glenn Clark on the show, what two, three weeks ago. He's, you know, okay, well, we now kind of figured out who our starter is. It's yeah. Alex Bouquet. <laughs> Alex Bouquet loses one in Philly. Dougie wins one in New England. Now he gets another start. Now he's had one heck of a hot start. You can't take him out, but who's your guy? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, it's going to go on all season. Yeah, no, I, uh, listen, I... <sighs> What do I know, right? Like I, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm just a broadcaster. Glenn Clark's a head coach of a National Cross League team, and he obviously knows what he's doing, and and he believes in both those guys. But I think you got to ride the hot guy for now. We'll we'll ask Dougie about that. Maybe Dougie listened to the show and was like, "I'll show those guys," because we kind of thought it was Bouquet after you know the early portion of the season. We go, like Bouquet's got to be your guy. He's playing better than Dougie, but. I, I actually messaged Dougie after the, the game. I said, I think I just watched your NLL coming out party right there. Like, he's got some wins in this league, but that was against a Toronto team that had won six in a row, was on a five-minute man advantage coming down the stretch, and a real pressure situation there. Crawford kicked out of the game, and he stood tall and made some excellent stops. And I kind of thought, like, you know, every goalie needs that kind of signature moment like here I am. This is I'm I'm here now, and I thought that was kind of it right there for Doug Jamison. So uh, we'll talk to him about that. He hasn't replied, so I think we may get to Johnny Gertler before we get to Jamison here on a late Monday evening. And that way, Gertzy can go to bed a little earlier as well because he's uh, he's waiting up late for us here back east. Uh, so after a perfect 3 and 0 weekend by yours truly and a lowly 2 and 1 weekend by you over there, update the fans in the overall standings of who you got Evan Sheminar. Uh you're 35 and 18, I'm 33 and 20 and you know the strange thing is I look at some of these other pick'em contests 33 and 20 would have me several games in the lead in most of them. Mm. So it's like I'm facing the wrong guy here. Yeah. Well, for a guy that's <laughs> never gone public with his picks, uh, I'm f- feeling pretty proud of myself right now. And uh, and listen, I, things could go completely sideways in the back half of this schedule. I could literally go 18 and 35 uh, the other way. Uh, or even worse, for all I know, I kind of feel like I'm uh, riding on house money right now. So I will take a two-game lead going into week 12, uh, who you got, and four games on the docket coming up. But that is a massively long opening segment. (laughs) 
And we got to get to break because we got the voice of the Buffalo Bandits. So we're going into like Teddy Jenner time here. We got the voice of the Buffalo Bandits on the other side. None other than one John Gertler. Keep it locked right here on Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network on Extreme Threats Lacrosse Classified. Associated Labels and Packaging is in the business of creating first impressions. They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Teddy Jenner, voice of the Colorado Mammoth. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lax All-Stars. Growing the game one podcast at a time. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Uh, Big thanks to our friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. They create first impressions. You can find them online at associated-labels.com. Their social media is at Associated LP. And if you got a company, you need a label, you need a package, call my friend Sean Ashworth at Associated Labels and Packaging, and they'll take care of you. They're the best in the business when it comes to labels and packaging. Speaking of the best, uh, one of my favorite announcers in the National Lacrosse League now joining us here on Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified. And uh, I don't know if this is this your first time uh, on the podcast, John Gertler. Welcome. Thank you. I think it is. Yeah. Thank th- you, Jake and Kevin. Yeah, our, our pleasure, man. Uh, I, I was talking with Evan off the top. I think we should do this right away here, John Gertler. I just want you to know I've been working on my John Gertler impersonation for quite some time. I'd say the better part of like five or six <laughs> years. So if you if you can give me a bit of a runway here, uh, I'm going to give you my best John Gertler impersonation, and then uh, and then and then you can just let me know how I did. Okay. <laughs> you got it. <clears throat> okay. Here we go. <laughs> There's a save for Matt Vince. He'll outlet into the webbing of Steve Priello's stick as he comes up straight down the middle, left side. Shot straight on, rebound. Save for Cosmo. <laughs> now picked up by Durston. Scores. Oh, that was dirty. <laughs> That's the best. Not bad, right? Not bad. <laughs> Yeah, not right, bad, but man. somebody's still better at the that was dirty. I, I'll guarantee you. You're, you're <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, John, uh, I appreciate you staying up late here back in Buffalo. Um, no your bandit, you've been around this bandit's outfit for quite some time, right? Tell me about this 2019 squad here, John, because uh, they're clicking along pretty good, and I and I think they got a real good shot to make it right to the end. How about you? You know, uh, Jake and Evan, I've been with Mernsey for 16 seasons now. We've experienced some great clubs. The personality, as you know, being a bandit means so much, particularly in this territory. But this year in particular, um, I've just seen an extra splurge of personality with every player on this team. And I think uh, Steve Priolo Friday night pulled me aside before the game and we were just casually talking about this, that, or the other. And he said, you know what? I'm just having a ball this year. So that kind of tells you where the chemistry of this team is right now. It's pushing them to a point where all of their talent is coming out uh, in every way, shape, or form. And granted, I mean, this team was just loaded with talent. 
And now that I've seen the defense and the transition game start to spark up and, you know, as uh, Richie Kilgore said, we just leave Vince there to clean up the mess. But it's it's not so much just, uh, you know, the top guys stepping up. There's a lot of depth going on here and a lot of changes within how the bandits are pulling this off. You take a look at Thomas Hogarth, who is a guy playing out the back door. He's tied for fifth in league scoring at the moment. You know, you got a guy like Dane Smith who, you know, the old adage was Dane Smith doesn't pass. And now he's put well, he's put up seven, nine, eleven assists in the last several games. And even yeah. to get a guy like Chris Cloutier, who, you know, he is kind of a pass-off in Philly, and all of a sudden now he puts up six points. So this is something that's not a conventional way how the Bandits are putting up the points as they have in the past. No, Evan, I think it's a newfound talent. Um, I think between Richie and John over the summertime, and they were watching Hogarth, uh, particularly play in the summer. And then they, uh, John just point blank asked him, you know, where do you want to play this year for the Bandits, up front or through the back door? He said, I want to play up front. And I, I think the uh, tail of the tape on that one was where they saw him, how effective he was in the summer ball. And uh, Tavares put him right up there. And I think it's the creative style of play now that Tavares is able to employ to these young guys to say, you know, if we keep the ball hot, if we keep it moving north, south, east, west on a regular basis. And if somebody gets a good position and a look, pull the trigger. And I think they found the chemistry with all of them. And, you know, certainly to the point, guys, were the Bandits in particular, yes, they're a high-scoring team, but, you know, 255 assists so far in just the 11 games played tells you the fact that they're really, you know, they're moving the ball. They're, they're not being selfish and yeah, the knock on Dane in the last couple of years is he keeps the ball in the stick too much. But on the other hand, you know, just in the last five games, he's got 34 assists. Yeah. So, yeah, the ball goes through him, but he gets rid of it. Well, and when you got a guy like Sean Evans over on that side as well, he's going to demand that you that you move the ball, and and you got to listen when a guy like Sean Evans speaks up over there. And and yeah. the same goes for Richie Kilgore and John Tavares, who have had a real positive impact on this roster, but. I want to go one higher as we speak with John Gertler here, the voice of the Buffalo Bandits, and that's Steve Dietrich and what he has been able to do to this roster over the course of the last three or four years. You, you think about, you know, how did he get Evans in? Well, he had Crawford, and how did he get Crawford in? Well, he, he did this, and then, you know, the draft picks and the signings and the coaching change and, you know, getting uh, getting Matt Vincent camp, the kind of the final piece there. Um, what a job Steve Dietrich is doing, kind of overhauling this roster on the fly, and it looks to be right where it needs to be now. And, and you know, Evan alluded to, to Chris Cloutier, to, to have a guy like Josh Byrne go down with an injury. This is a number one overall pick, and then to have a guy like Cloutier kind of step right in and not skip a beat, like yep. that's a credit to their depth, and it all stems from what their GM has been able to do. Yeah, I mean, you're right, Jake and Evan. Uh, I've just been amazed, particularly the last six, seven years, that Steve has rekindled and recalibrated this club, and he just constantly looks and evaluates and tries to figure out what move to make. And I think over the course of his harvest, particularly the last couple of years, it's just been amazing, Um, you know, to see that, well, maybe Callum Crawford didn't work out so good. We move him very quickly. There's a chance we could get Evans. Here's a guy that could come in and, and, you know, certainly 
slip into the skin of a Buffalo Bandit. Yes, it took some time for the fans to <laughs> yeah. kind of relinquish that feeling. But on the other hand, I think he's to the point now yeah. where love uh, you know this is just a fabulous move, and he's just pure bandit every way, shape, or form. And he's such a gritty player, and he. And I think you know when Tavares was playing, when I was calling the games, when he was there, you know he makes the guys play better out there. You want to play better when he's out there, and I think it's the same way with the. Sean Evans and Dane Smith, and now all the guys just kind of collaborate together to say, yeah, you know, let's go out there, have a great time, let's show what we can do. And I think what Dietrich's done in particular is bring guys in that he knows will work and he knows that will be great in the room. And if he doesn't see something that he doesn't like in the room, he just moves it, you know, and he brings other yeah. people in. And I know he wanted Cloutier badly at the draft. I know he, he wanted him real bad. And, they were trying to work on deals all the way up to the time the draft opened up. He's followed Chris for a long time in his career. They're both from Kitchener, so right. he knows what this kid can do. He's a, he's a winner everywhere he goes. You know, he's Rookie of the Year in the, the uh, field league in Denver, and uh, certainly with his great career in North Carolina and the box game that he's played the course of his career. And Dietrich said, this guy, it's not a five- or ten-game situation with Kluche. This guy's here for five to ten years. So, right. you know, this is the way Dietrich thinks. This oh. kid is out there, and he's on the map. So they're going to bring him in. You know, uh, looking lean and mean to too. Is, looking lean and mean too is 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 Chugger John. He's he's dropped a bunch of weight. Oh yeah, and he's going to drop even more because they're keeping him in Buffalo. He's going to live with. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, Dane Smith is in town, and he's, and uh, he's got the workout. Going. Fortunately, with the Pagula Sports and Entertainment, they do have the Impact Sports Center that's associated with the um, the building there, and uh, they've got Clutian a workout program, just like Dane Smith and and Frazier and McKay is living in town as well, and those guys run through a, a rigorous workout every day, um, as you know, Jake. Um, it's it's the uh, world's loneliest game being a lacrosse player because it's all up to you during the week to get your keep yourself in shape. And yeah, well, I watch your ball and stick I, ball. I watch the boys. <laughs> uh, I watch the boys' Instagram story, and uh, those Buffalo boys are always getting after it. As we speak with the voice of the Buffalo Bandits, a couple more minutes here with John <laughs> Gertler. Yeah. The, the one difficulty, honestly, is going to be at the end of this year. You can only protect five of these guys in the expansion draft. So, you know, the one downside to all this talent creeping up and whatnot is guys like Durston, guys like Hogarth are probably going to be exposed come July. Yeah, you're right, Devin. Um, Dietrich had mentioned that about three weeks ago. He goes, you know, nothing against the guys that we lost in the first expansion draft, but he said these two that we're going to lose this summer, it's going to hurt. So, and that's just the constant working of what Steve Dietrich does and say, well, you know, how can I make my roster better? I know I'm going to lose some guys. Um, you know that they're going to lose too. So, so what is it? It's five, five and two, or what's the deal now this year? You, five you forwards, can't protect five more than five forwards. You, you can protect as many okay. D as you want, but not more than five forwards. So, you know, it's going to, it's going to hurt a little bit. So, they might as well just go full throttle from now on. But, you know, I I always go to the underdog, underdog guys. I think, um, you know, when you have a 
the defense that the Bandits have and the quietness of, of just those guys like Justin Martin, who just continually does his job game in and game out and will probably be one of the better defensemen, if not the defenseman of the year coming up in, in seasons to come. I mean, I mean, just I think he's that strong yeah. he's, and he's, he's that good. Matt Spanger doing the same thing. Matt Gilray has finally grown into his shoes right now. So, you know, you've got a lot of guys that are just great character players, Nick Weiss and, you know, the guys that don't get enough notoriety on a regular basis because Buffalo is so loaded with great forwards. Buffalo is now, we were talking about these stats earlier in the show, that the magic number to clinch a playoff spot is only three at this point. So getting to the playoffs is pretty much a no-brainer. But here's the problem. The top four teams in the East are combined 18-4 and four at home, 82% win percentage. Getting that number one seed now has to be more important than pretty much any season ever, given what's happening this year. Yeah, I would think so. If you put it in that perspective, Evan, <laughs> right. you bet. Yeah. So I couldn't believe that, that number. We could yeah. do that. that means we could do that uh, when we see you guys in a couple of weeks in March. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Uh, that would be the three. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be, uh, hey. That's going to be right around St. Patrick's Day, and green's a big color around yeah. there. So uh, Saskatchewan likes to wear green. Uh, just, I'm just saying. It's, it's all kind of oh, going that's hand be a in. Great game. Yeah, no, we look. Uh, we look I forward. I know that one circled in the calendar for sure on March 16th uh, with the rush and the bandits. I mean, you know, that it's always a good game, and and that's just something that will be the tail of the tape for the bandits to go against the rush on that particular game. Not to overlook the couple of games that we have coming up. Uh, unfortunately, we have to go through these godforsaken bye weeks, right? Uh, one of which we're on right now. And unfortunately, we have to go on one on the 30th of March and then one on the 13th of March. And I hope, fellas, that as this league expands and our schedule condenses to a point that we can relinquish these bye weeks because, you know, 13, 14 days off between games, it's, it's, it's ludicrous. I mean, you lose so much, you know, regardless of how much you guys work out and try to practice or whatever like that. But if you're not in a game-by-game situation, I just think, you know, these bye weeks, This and you know that these bye weeks have been just uh, hellish on the bandits. I don't know what it is, but we get one bye week and then we just we lose our straps. Yeah, well, I mean. Uh, That's just my little editorial comment. No, I don't mind it. I don't NLL. mind it. You know, listen, listen, John, like sooner or later this league is going to have to go to a format where these teams are playing midweek games because uh, if they get as, as many teams as they want, they're not going to be able to to cram it all in in every single weekend. They're going to have too many games overlapping. So, it's it's just the progression of it. And and I, you know, these guys yeah. these guys work so hard, you know, through the week and then and then go even harder on the weekend. Uh, sometimes a bye week isn't yeah. the worst thing for them. I think it's better than doing the back to back thing. That's that's for sure. John, uh, we're tight on time here. We're rambling way too much yeah. on lacrosse classified, but we really appreciate you staying up late and coming on the show. And uh, enjoy your bye week man enjoy it and then we will see you in uh snowy saskatoon see you in march yeah in march uh don't get yourself <laughs> pack a coat and uh we'll see you up in the booth at sastel center look forward to it guys thank you all right look forward to it as well that was the voice of the buffalo bandits john gertler we're going to take a quick break here on lacrosse classified and we'll see if doug jameson is off his heater at the casino and can join us here on the podcast keep it locked right here on lacrosse all-stars podcast network 
Pure Vita Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. Hey, this is Nick Rose, goaltender for the Toronto Rock. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Big thanks to our friends at Pure Vital Labs. You heard it right there. Informed choice certified, all natural, no artificial flavors or anything like that. Uh, best supplements on the market. Use them because anything else would be unsportsmanlike. Uh, find them at pvl.com or at Pure Vital Labs. They got Del Bianco. They got uh, Crowley. They got Cluche. They got... Uh, they got Tyler Pace. They got all sorts of uh, lacrosse players under their stable, and uh, there's a reason for that because they make good products. So check them out at Pure Vital Labs. As we are now joined by one Douglas Jameson, who apparently was on a heater at the old roulette table, but things went sideways on Dougie, and uh, <laughs> you walked away empty-handed, man. How's it going? Uh, it was going better a couple minutes ago, but we're doing all right. <laughs> Big win on the weekend. They, there you go. We'll focus on that. They don't call it gambling yeah. for no reason, Dougie. So <laughs> let's let's go back to that weekend game. You get back-to-back starts. You reward your coach, giving you the tap again with a big 13-11 victory over Toronto. And I, I sent you, I slid into your DMs, and I said, uh, I think I just watched Doug Jamison's coming out party. Uh, because that was that was impressive, man, staring down those shots shorthanded in the dying seconds of that game. Um that had that had to feel pretty good for you. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, that was a big one for me and for the team. I think just to uh, prove prove to the league that we can compete with anyone, especially the way Toronto's been playing lately. So that was huge. Take us through your mindset the last five minutes there. Uh, you know, you're coming out of the TD timeout. You're up to now. You got to kill off a power play for the rest of the game. What's going through your mind as you're going through that TD timeout and? you know, throughout that shooting gallery you face for the next five minutes. Yeah, it was, it was pretty nerve wracking because I think Callum took the penalty at four fifty eight, took the five minutes. So they pretty much got the whole time and, uh, we were up by two. So it was pretty nerve wracking for sure. But, um, the man down was awesome and I was pretty gassed by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're I a guy. Played, I don't think I could have played much longer. Yeah, well, Dougie, you're <laughs> you're a guy that doesn't really show a whole lot of emotion. You're you're pretty calm, cool, collected in there. But you're telling me your nerves were were kind of buzzing down down the the stretch. Is that normal for you, or do you think it was okay? Like this is a big moment for me and my team here, and I got to get the job done. And you just kind of felt the nerves. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I always get pretty nervous, but I think that's just part of being ready being ready for the game you know if you're not nervous you're probably you're not you're not completely in it you know that's how i look at it yeah so, i hear you it was a it was a big moment um those last five minutes so it was awesome the way it worked out you come off this stellar junior career you know multiple minto cups um you come to the you come to the black wolves you're playing behind evan kirk then you're playing behind aaron bold in your first two years 
you played a total of four games. How does your mindset go from being the show to the guy in waiting? Yeah, it was um, it was definitely tough for a bit there. I was used to playing playing pretty much every game for five years there, so it was tough. But um, I don't know. I my Clark has always Glenn Clark has always told me there's um, there's a big learning curve, right? So with the small stick, bigger nets, and better shooters, so I knew um, I just try to take in what those guys were doing and learn little stuff that uh, Boldy and Kirky were doing, and even with Alex this year, he's He's got a couple of years on me, so I try to pick up little things from everyone. Yeah, I was I was going to ask you about that, Doug. Like, it, it is a big step to go from being an elite junior goaltender to stepping into the National Cross League. And you mentioned, like, smaller stick. That's a big, big change in a, in a goalie's yeah. uh, stance and, and the way he approaches the game. And then you add on a couple of inches on either side of the goal and then you and then you put the best shooters on the floor ripping balls at you like there's hasn't been too many guys and i would say like you're probably right on schedule like how much more comfortable do you feel now than you did when you first broke in oh it's um it's massive how different i feel um i'm starting to get more comfortable and more confident i think that's such a huge part of being a successful goaltender is just being confident with your movements and stuff and not holding back, you know, because I feel like when I first came in, I would hesitate and I would um, overcompensate for my five hole with a small stick. So right. I think I'm starting to learn a little better and five hole goals are going to happen. They happen with a wooden stick. So, you know, you just can't worry about them. They're going to happen. Um, that's usually my favorite hole to shoot, just so you know, in case I ever get to, <laughs> to, to shoot on you. <laughs> yeah. That's good. That's good to know. Um, Evan's going to ask you about the Iroquois. And while I'm thinking about that, I want to thank you here publicly. Uh, back when you were a member of the U19 team in 2016, you gave me your helmet and, uh, it's one of my prized possessions that I, own and uh, I just want to thank you for that once again as we speak with Doug Jameson speaking of helmets by the way you were kind of a goalie that always played with the field helmet and you've gone to the mask as has Del Bianco and a couple other guys kind of gone away from the the helmet I haven't had a chance to see your mask up close and personal what do you got on that thing what's the paint job design you got going I got a couple wolves on there I got a skull with a headdress it's uh it's one of my favorite well it's definitely my most favorite helmet I've had so far. It's awesome. Um, my painter did an awesome job, and it's on my Instagram if you want to check it out. I got some good pictures on there. Cool. I will. I will do that. Yeah, obviously, this summer uh, out in Langley, opportunity for you to hopefully uh, play for the Iroquois Nationals. How big is this for you, and you know what's it going to take, I guess, to get past the Canadians this year? Uh, yeah, it is a big opportunity for me, and um, I'm just trying to be successful this year to prove, you know, it'll go a long way in proving that I can that I can play against Canada and US, USA and the best teams out there. So, um, but uh, for us to be successful, I think um, obviously our offense is going to be pretty stacked. Um, I think it comes down to um, defense and the goaltending will be will be the difference maker for us because that's always been a I wouldn't say a weak spot, but not um, not our strength, I don't think. So hopefully we can lock that down this summer. 
I would tend to agree with that, Doug Jameson. And uh, you've yeah. had some success in that building uh, going back to 2016, where you won a Mendo <laughs> Cup with your Six Nations arrows in yep. those uh, classic black unis that I remember so well. Uh, listen, I appreciate your time. Uh, I know uh, you probably want to get back and, and see if you can recover <laughs> some of your funds there at the at the table. So. Uh, Best of luck the rest of the year, my man. And uh, you got the the mammoth this weekend, those Sunday games. I love them. It seems like the Black Wolves do as well. And uh, continue success, my man. Thanks, Jumbo. Thanks, Evan. It was good talking to you guys. Good talking to you as well. Douglas Jamison, goaltender for the New England Black Wolves. Uh, he'll suit up for the Six Nations Chiefs and the Iroquois Nationals come September at the World Indoor Lacrosse Championships at the Langley Event Center. One more quick break to come, and then we get to the sensation that's sweeping the nation, Evan Schemenauer. It's Stampy Tax. Who you got on the other side right here on Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified? Serving the business and sports community since 2018, Extreme Threads provides custom design apparels around the world. Specializing in lacrosse, they deliver exceptional quality and service, customizing box and field team apparel and uniforms. Extreme Threads offers free design work and takes the time to ensure you get exactly what you need for your team or club. Contact Extreme Threads at sales at extremethreads.ca for your custom apparel needs today. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Final segment here on the big show. Big thanks to Doug Jamison and John Gertler for stopping by. And a big thanks to Extreme Threads, our title sponsor here on Lacrosse Classified. Find them at extremethreads.ca. You know the deal by now, but if you're a first-time new listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast first. And then when you go check out Extreme Threads at extremethreads.ca and your team signs up for an apparel package, you mention my name, you get free stuff, your coach, your manager, I'm assuming they're going to be the people that sign up for the apparel package, so they get free stuff. Uh, you just got to mention my name. Call me whatever you want. Just say, uh, I heard on Lacrosse Classified. Sales at ExtremeThreads.com or their social media at Extreme Threads. And a big thanks to them for sponsoring our show. Good friends of the show, uh, Randy and Connor Clough at Extreme Threads. Um, all right, Evan. It is time. It's time, man. Who you got? Brought to you by Stampede Tech and Western Wear. Now, the bet is on the line here. Whoever loses who you got at the end of the year is going to dress up in a full country get-up. And uh, some some pictures are going to be taken and posted up on social media. I know my my, my girlfriend went out. She uh, got her Blundstones replaced uh, absolutely free. I don't know if uh, everybody does this, but... She bought a pair of Blundstones like 15 years ago. That's how long they lasted. And then she just took them back to the store and they replaced them for free. So apparently they're a pretty good company, Blundstone. You can buy those at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. They're your complete source for boots. Huge selection. Uh, not just Blundstones. They got cowboy boots there as well. They're all CSA approved and they ship Canada wide. Shop online at stampede.ca where shopping online is still shopping local. Okay. Four games in week 12. Let's run it down quickly here, Evan. Uh, you were hosting because I am in the lead by two. I almost got carried away because I love to say who you got, but I have to let you do it this week. So take it away, Evan Scheminer. Well, I might be doing it for a few weeks now, but you know what? It's going to be a slow but steady 
I will catch you eventually. And if I don't, hey, maybe I can get a cowboy hat out of it. I'll be happy as can be. All right. Gwyneth County, Rochester, Georgia, Saturday night. Who ya got? This one is in Georgia, and Rochester, to me, is just a team that has lost its identity right now. I know they got off to a slow start last year and still made a run to the NLL Cup. I don't see them doing it this week, however, against a very good Swarm team at home, sitting, resting, waiting. Give me the Georgia Swarm. Give me the Swarm, too. Um, Very much the same reasons. Until Georgia can start to prove that they can get a few wins under the belt, you're not going to be seeing me take them all that often. Okay, you just said Georgia, but you meant Rochester, just so the fans aren't confused. We're both taking the Georgia Swarm to beat Rochester. Taking Georgia to beat Rochester, yes. Okay. All right. Now, game that you're going to be calling, I'm going to be watching. Battle of the Prairies, Calgary, coming to the Sastel Center. Who you got? You might actually be calling this game as well with our good friend who just was on the podcast, John Gertler. He might uh, might slide you up into the booth uh, for Saturday night's game. Calgary at Saskatchewan. Uh, Calgary with a 17-12 victory over Saskatchewan uh, a couple of weeks ago. In Saskatchewan, their very first win ever against the Rush in Toontown. Don't think it's going to happen twice in the same year. I think the Rush have kind of found their legs, and they don't want to go down 0-2 to Calgary, especially both on their home floor with still another game against the Roughnecks to come. So, ask me again, Evan. Who yeah got? Saskatchewan. All right, yeah, and I've got the Rush, too. I don't like Calgary coming off a bye week. I think that could work against them. Um, yeah, one win at the Sastel Center, okay. If it's multiple, we'll start to consider it. I'm not taking the Roughnecks in this one either. The Rush do have to put in a better offensive performance than they did on Saturday night, or sorry, on Friday night, but, um, you know, this should be the Rush's game. So, so far, nobody's got any difference in picks here. Maybe we got one coming up. Maybe. Vancouver, Vancouver who throttled. The Seals last time down in San Diego, despite Aaron Bull taking one heck of a nice little tumble on his scooter. Warriors, Seals, who you got? This one is a tough one. So they're 1-1. So this actually for the season series here. Vancouver's played a lot of games already. Um, Both these teams did not play last week. So both coming off a bye week. I'm going to take the Seals simply for the fact that they are at home. I would have taken the home team if it was Vancouver, but San Diego's the home team, so give me the Seals. No, give me the Seals, too. Vancouver actually needs this win pretty desperately because they need to start to drag teams down to where they are to make the playoffs, and this is a major opportunity for them. Um, But I don't think it happens. I'm taking the Seals, but it's it's a tight one here. And now – Sunday lacrosse. Oh, my favorite. New, the kings of Sunday lacrosse, New England Black Wolves, Colorado Mammoths heading out to the Mohegan Sun. Who you got? I'm going to throw a curveball at you here, Evan. I had the Wolves down on my list, but similar to my pick last week, how I kind of said Toronto was due for a loss, New England has been very good, and I mean very good, on Sundays at home. And they're on a bit of a cooker right now. Two straight wins for Doug Jamison and the Black Wolves. Colorado struggling to find the win column. 
So that's why I am going to take the Mammoth in this game, Evan. The Mammoth. Give me Colorado to beat New England Sunday at the casino. Well, maybe my opportunity to pick up one of those games I need to get. No, I'm taking the Black Wolves. Um, Very impressive win. Colorado, you've got to get more than seven to eight goals a game. I don't see that happening, especially when they got to make the long trip out and the bus ride down to the casino. It's not going to happen. Um, New England rolls in this one, I think. Rolls. Are you willing to give me a little point oh. spread? You want to give me a point spread on that? Oh, well, I mean, for who you got, it's head to head. Oh, not that hey, confident. Thinking, not that I'm, I'm confident. Huh? Not that confident. I'm thinking they're going to at least four. At least four. Okay, I'll 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 take a two goal spread. It's head-to-head on who you got. I don't need the goals, Evan. Give me Colorado. You can have New England. Either way, I'm going to be in the lead after week 12. So take that to the bank. All right. Uh, running out of time here on Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified. A couple more things to get in. Um, I know you just pushed out a random thoughts. Uh, how are your eyes doing, man? Are you going to be able to get another one out in, in the near future? I was actually happening to have one out today, but yeah, the uh, the burning came back a bit on Sunday. But it is the expansion draft projection. Okay. So this one's one that takes a little bit more time because you got to go through every contract, make sure you got the details down right, then start to play GM on eleven teams. That's not fun. But um, yeah, if that should be coming out before the end of the week. Okay. Um, so look for that on Lacrosse All-Stars. Random thoughts uh, produced by our very own Evan Schemenauer. Trade deadline in the National Lacrosse League approaching. Um, don't forget you can still pick up street free agents and sign guys after the trade deadline, but trade deadline is coming. Um, fun for finds, Aaron Bold, and uh, we've we've documented a number of times here on the podcast uh, his wife battling stage for cancer for the third time, and uh, Aaron Bold has set up a GoFundMe page, Funds for Fines. Make sure you find that and support that. And also uh, myself, Eric Penny, and Julian Kolb kind of came up with a, a fun idea um, to, to have a bit of a swim race to help raise some funds. I think our GoFundMe is up to around $2,500. Um, people are, are kind of asking for this to be a, a bigger production than than really what we wanted it to be. And and I think everybody kind of needs to take a bit of a step back and just remember what this is for, and and that's to raise money for Aaron Bold and and his wife uh, who's battling cancer. So we're going to try and take a quick video of it. We don't want it to be a big production with spectators and and make it about us because it's not really what it's about. We're we're doing this uh, for Boldy. So um, everybody should just kind of keep that in mind, and and if we can get a video posted up of it, uh, all the better. But uh, we're going to have a little fun with it and raise some money for for Boldy in the meantime. And uh, so if you want to check that out, find it on my Facebook page or my Twitter. Yeah. It's support uh, for Swim for Support is the GoFundMe title for that. Swim for Support. Um, so feel free to donate to that and to Boldy's. And, and you're to, over 
2,500 already, aren't you? Yeah, we've uh, it was, it's 2,500 more than I thought, uh, but just goes to show when you when you when you got a good cause uh, to support, uh, you can pretty much do anything, and people are going to support it. So, um, well, I just hope that the uh, tsunami center is right. ready for when you guys hit the pool. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. geez, that could be a heck of a title. Right? Yeah, it's uh, three pretty big bodies uh, diving at once. It's going to be a 50 meter sprint to the finish. Uh, I've been training for the last couple of months here in the pool doing laps uh, not so much sprints so i'm gonna have to kind of like uh, watch some youtube videos of uh starts from michael phelps or something and uh get some tips going into that one so i can try and win that sucker all right uh so that's it for who you got i'm in the lead by two going into week 12 we both have georgia we both have saskatchewan we both have san diego you took new england i took colorado so i cannot lose i'll be in the lead regardless will it be three will it be one we will find out uh when we join you next tuesday like we always do here on the cross classified brought to you by extreme threads uh, big thanks to john gertler once again doug jameson to our sponsor stampede tack and western wear pure vital labs associated labels and packaging and extreme threads and of course to you the loyal listener for listening to Lacrosse Classified every single week. We really appreciate it. Uh, now we got to go. For Evan Scheminauer, oh, don't forget to subscribe. Do all that stuff. Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Follow the show at Lax Class. He's at Shemlax. I'm at PXP for sports. Uh, make sure you're following along on our social media channels as well. All right, now we're out of here. For Evan Scheminauer, I've been Jake Elliott. For the fastest game on two feet and for the creator. Talk to you next time here on Extreme Threats, Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network.